0: Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. Well, good morning. Welcome again to the Father's House. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Andrea, and I am the worship pastor here, and I'm so excited um, for this day. Today's the day that the Lord has made, right? We will rejoice and be glad in it, right? Well, you know, we just had Thanksgiving. I'm sure just like me, you ate a lot, right? You probably ate more than you should have, and that's okay. We came to church today so you could repent and so that you could get back on track, back on your diet, whatever it is that, that you're doing. Um, but Thanksgiving ushers in what? It ushers in the Christmas season, right? And we're going to kick off the Christmas season next week here at the Father's House with Jingle Jam. Um, I hope that you guys are going to come out to that Jingle Jam. You can see that. That's next Sunday, from 5 to 7, and it is such a great, great time. Invite the people in your neighborhood. Bring your grandkids out. Bring your kids out. Bring the whole family. It's going to be so much fun. Last year, um, I did the ice slide, and it was really, really, really fun. So I challenge you to, uh, you know... Just be a kid again. Just have fun. We're supposed to um, live life and enjoy life, right? So make sure that you come out and do that. And then also next Sunday starts a brand new series. It starts our Christmas series, and it's called The Real Look, A Real Look at the Real Christmas. We're going to do Christmas at the movies each, each week. We're going to talk about a different movie and see um, if we can see God in the midst, in the midst of a movie. Speaking of Christmas, um, I heard this story about this couple who went Christmas shopping, and um, when they got to the place where they were going to shop, they decided that they were going to split and go separate ways. That way, that they could get the Christmas list done a little bit faster if they if they split and, and went their own their own ways. Well, they decided that they would um, meet at a certain specific location at um, a specific time, and uh, so they were off and running and went. Well. When it came time for them to come back together and to meet back, the wife, of course, the wife, the wife came back and um, she she looked around. She didn't see her husband anywhere, and she's like, "Okay, well, you know, maybe he's just you know finishing up, and he'll be here in a few minutes." So she sat and she waited and she waited and she waited and she waited, and as each moment went by, she grew angrier and angrier. And well, finally, she picked up her phone and she called a cell phone. And she said, I have been waiting here for more than 30 minutes. Where are you? To which he said, oh, my darling, do you remember when we were at that jewelry store and you fell in love with that beautiful diamond necklace and I told you that I couldn't afford it, but that I would buy it for you one day? And she said, oh, yes, sweetie, I remember. And he said, I'm in the sports bar next door watching the game. <laughs> Men, young men, boys, if you're taking notes today, don't do that because I guarantee you that a fight or an argument will ensue after that. There will be times in our life that we will find ourselves in a fight, and in those times the Bible instructs us that there are certain things that we should put on. There are certain things that we should arm ourselves with. Not a physical armor, mind you. You don't have to get up each morning and dress like a knight at the round table. Thank goodness. I mean, unless you're into that, I don't know. Um, But there are spiritual things we should put on, like the armor of God found in Ephesians 6 Uh, prayer spiritual disciplines that we should add to our lives so that we are ready for the battles that face us today i want to take a little bit of a different approach to being battle ready and not talk about the things that you put on but actually the place where we stand and i want to ask you is your battleground battle ready let's pray Father, um, I thank you so much for the um, great worship, your presence in this place. Um, Father, the opportunity that we have that we get to come into a comfortable building with comfortable seats and we get to worship you this morning. Father, open up our ears. We open up our heart, our eyes to see you today and for what it is that you want to teach us in these next few moments. We will listen intently, God, with the attitude of I'm going to take a next step today. I'm going to leave here changed in the name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. We all have ground in our life. We all have ground that we have been given or that we have taken. Your life represents a series of different pieces of ground. There's the ground of your marriage, the ground of your parenting, the ground of your career and your finances, the ground of your health, the ground of your mind and your mental well-being. And now the Bible teaches, and I know and I have experienced, that there is a full-on assault on the ground where we stand. I know that there is actually good and there is actually evil. There is, in fact, a God who loves us, but there is also an enemy who hates us. And what he wants to do is to take ground from us. He wants to trouble the ground that is ours. He doesn't want you to keep the ground, and he certainly doesn't want you to gain any more ground. He doesn't want you to get better or do well. He doesn't want you to discover true peace or true joy. Now, there is a call for us not to just dress right, but to know how to hold our ground. Today, I'm going to help you in your battleground. I want to give you three things I would encourage you to add to your world, if they aren't already, of things that will help you on the battleground of your life. Because every area of your life, the ground that you have been entrusted with, whatever ground you have, is a potential battleground. It's not every day that there's a battle in your marriage. I mean, I hope not, but there will be days when your marriage will become a ground where there is a battle. Not every day will you battle in your health. I certainly hope not, but there may be a season where that, that battle is in fact in your body. Not every day will you struggle with temptation or your mind or your thoughts making you go in a certain unhealthy um, uh, 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 path, but sometimes those areas come under attack in different seasons of our life, and they will become a battleground. And that's why it's really important, hear me, it's really important that we take care of the ground so that we're not adding to the effects of the battle or we're not causing self-harm by having ground that is not ready for battle. So I want to give us three principles that we can begin doing that will help us to ensure that our ground is battle-ready. Number one, we have to clear the ground. We have to clear the ground. And out to the side, I want you to write ownership. We have to clear the ground, which means ownership. In Proverbs 24, it paints a picture of someone who has been given some ground, and it says this about that person. Verse 30 says, I walked past a field that belonged to a lazy man. It was a vineyard that belonged to someone who understood nothing. Weeds were growing everywhere. Wild vines covered the ground and the wall around the vineyard was broken and fallen, falling down. I looked at this and thought about it. This is what I learned. A little sleep, a little rest, folding your arms and taking a nap. These things will make you poor very quickly. Soon you will have nothing as if a thief broke in and took everything away. This piece of scripture is painting the picture of what often can happen in our lives and we don't even realize it. You know, the big thing that you're fighting, I guarantee you didn't start out as a big thing. The huge disagreement you're in didn't start as a huge disagreement. The huge temptation you're struggling with didn't start as a huge temptation. These things begin small, and in their smallness, they grow. And if we leave them lay on the ground of our lives, when it comes time to have a battle, we'll find ourselves with things we could have taken care of earlier, now adding to the problem that is currently in front of us. See, this person was given ground, and rather than keep their eye on the ground, rather than clear the ground, they're saying, I'm going to just fold my arms, I'm going to take a little nap, and I'm just going to let the ground do its thing. How many of you know that if you have a garden and you just let the garden do its thing, it in fact will do its thing, right? Even I know in my lack of gardening skills, if I do nothing, that weeds are going to grow, something is going to grow, thorns are going to All of the undesirable things are going to grow. But it's so true in all of our lives. Whether you're active in the garden of your life or you sit back, both ways, something is going to grow. But one way is what you do deliberately to bring beauty. And the other way is where you're sitting back, folding your arms and letting anything grow in your life. Now, let me just make one clarification. I'm not saying that you can't take a nap and rest. You very much can. I enjoy many naps. But what this is talking about, what this piece of scripture is talking about, is that we just allow things to happen and we don't keep our eye on anything. Some of you, this whole time, have been very um, focused on the mess that Sean made on the stage and it's really been bothering you but this is a picture of what a lot of our lives look like as we're doing life as we're going about life things are being littered excuse me things are being littered in our life And if we're just busy doing our thing, um, whatever we're doing, we can be negligent to those things that are being littered in our lives and we can kind of turn from it and not pay attention to it. And then it just begins to grow and to grow and to grow. See, the enemy, he loves to litter your life with lies. Some of you in this place, some of you that are watching online, your life is littered with lies. The ground of your life is covered with lies. I'm not good enough. I'll never amount to anything. I can never achieve anything. And he loves it that those lies are laying on the ground of your life and you're doing nothing to remove them because what happens is that when a battle comes, we're already struggling with all of those things and those things are already tripping us up and are becoming a a hazard in our path. And how many of you know, if you want to have the best advantage in battle time, you can't have all of this around your feet. You're going to trip, you're going to stumble, you're going to fall. I'm trying not to. I didn't wear the right shoes to be going up and down stairs today. But some of of us have litter of gossip in our lives, in, in our lives. And it's hindering us from moving forward in healthy relationships. Some of us have litter and garbage and trash of past defenses in our lives. And it's crippling the ground of our marriage to where we can't move forward and we can't become healed and we can't be whole. Some of us have litter of fear and intimidation and it causes us to live smaller than what God has called us to live and how he's called us to live. But God is saying to you today, I can't pick it up for you. It's your responsibility. See, see, clearing the ground means that we take ownership of our lives. It means that we take ownership and we say, no longer am I gonna let stinking thinking, behavior, offenses, um, uh, uh, negativity, stress, No longer, no longer am I gonna allow people or circumstances to litter my life anymore. I take ownership and I clear the ground. So what we have to do is we have to learn to spiritually pick up our broom and we have to say that doesn't belong in my life. I'm gonna clear the ground. That negativity doesn't belong in my life. I'm gonna clear the ground. That offense does not belong in my life. I'm gonna deal with it and I'm gonna clear my ground. Some of you are waiting for someone else to clear your ground for you but they cannot do it and some of you might be here today and say well I didn't drop that litter on my ground I didn't cost that mess and I, I get what you're saying I hear where you're coming from but that's really not the issue it's on your life so it's your responsibility to be a steward of the life that God has given you and you have to clear the ground you have to get in here, roll up your sleeves, take a deep breath, and you have got to get out the broom and you have to clear the ground. <clears throat> have you ever seen those, um, those little, uh, like little signs on the grass that says, keep off the grass? Somebody's saying, I've worked hard to make this grass look like this. So you have to have permission to come on to this. See, some of us let everyone walk all over our life. Everyone's opinions on the lawn of our life. Some of our ground is scattered with so many different voices and you need your battleground to be cleared. Clearing the ground requires ownership and it requires diligence. It requires an eye to areas that otherwise might be negligent. Now you might be sitting here and going, okay, I get what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but I don't even know where to start. Well, a great, way, a great place to start is with our mind. You've never had a thought without having an action, or you've never done an action without having a thought. So I'm saying to you, maybe a great place to start is your thought process. And starting tomorrow, we're going to start a brand new you version um, Bible study on, online called Reset Your Mind. Reset your mind. It's a five day study. You can find it by going to thefathershouse.com, scrolling down till you see that graphic, click on the graphic, and join the plan. And all of us can do this together. All of us can do it together. You have an opportunity that you can, at the end of the the little devotion for the day, you have an opportunity that you can can type something. Maybe it's something that God said to you um, that maybe would be an encouragement to somebody else. So make sure that we do that. Go to thefathershouse.com, click on that graphic, and let's get signed up. Because listen to me, this teaching here today, you can't just sit and listen. No teaching should you just sit and listen. The word says that we're not just to be hearers of the word, we're to be doers of the word. There is action to take every single step of the way. So we've got to clear our ground, which that's ownership. And the second thing is we have to cover the ground. It sounds kind of counterintuitive. But on the, on, next to that, I want you to put lordship. Cover the ground means you have lordship. Covering your ground sounds like this in Romans 12. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking that goes back to Proverbs 24. We can't be lazy. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. You need not only ownership of your ground, but lordship of your ground. Is the ground of your life covered by the one who gave you your ground? What I mean by that is in every area of your life, have you recognized, it, have you recognized that you cannot do it alone? And have you asked for cover support and prayer i i I love uh this uh I, i was thinking about what's like an example of what we see how we see this played out when we do child dedications here We see that played out right in front of us. That family comes and they say, This is not my child. This is your child, God. And we are dedicating um, this child back to you. We need help. We know that, I mean, uh, our children don't come with a, a manual, do they? Or do they? The Bible. But and then, and then, you know, we, 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 we stand up here and, and we, we partner with, with Kid City and we partner with the congregation and we're going to pray for one another and we're going to raise this child in the way that this child should be raised. That's a great example of what this means, of lordship over the area or over the ground of parenting looks like. But you can't just cover the ground of your life once in a lifetime. You have to cover the ground of your life all the time. Is the ground of your marriage covered? Is the area of finances covered with lordship and prayer and faith? Has the ground of your relationships got some covering of God's lordship on them? Of God's wisdom in them? Yeah. I think actually that we have lost what it means, what, what, what the word lordship means. I don't, I don't think we really understand what lord or lordship means see a lot of times a lot of times what i see happen and and even in, and sometimes in my own life what happens is this is what it looks like you're driving down the road and you see jesus on the side of the road and you say oh hey jesus why don't you just get out get on in the trunk and he gets in the trunk and you shut the door and you just keep on driving You keep driving to where you want to go and how you want to drive to get there. But then you get down the road, and all of a sudden you get a flat tire. And you're like, oh, Jesus, I need you to help me for a second. Come on. Can you come out of the trunk? Can you help me? And he helps you fix the tire. And then you're like, okay, cool. Back in the trunk you go. And then you're driving even further down the road, and all of a sudden the engine blows up. And you're like, oh, my goodness, Jesus, I really need you now. I need you to come out. I need you to fix this now. He comes out, and he fixes it. Or maybe... Maybe the trunk is a little too harsh for you. So maybe you say when you see Jesus, oh, why don't you just get in the back seat or, or why don't you get into the passenger seat? But see, Jesus is not your mechanic that you can just put on speed dial and only call on him when you have an issue. He's not going to get in your trunk or your back seat or your passenger seat. That is not how he enters our life. He is Lord, Master, King. You have to give him the keys and say, You drive. You're the master of my life, I'll get in the back seat and you take me wherever you think I should go. That is lordship. Amen. That's well. and, I, and I really want to challenge you to really look at the word lordship in every area of your life. I know that there are some areas in my life that he really, if, if I really get honest with my life and myself, he really is not the lord or the master of that part of my life. But we have to take inventory And we have to ask him, show me if there is anywhere in me that you are not king or master of my life. We need to cover our ground, which also means we need to have a reverence and not an arrogance. And not just do life any old way we want to or fit into our culture. Instead, I'm going to say in my eating, in my sleeping, in my going to work, in my going out, in my relationships, I'm going to place it all before God as an offering. See, that changes everything. It makes you acutely aware that this life you have been entrusted with is not all about you. It's not all about me. But there is someone greater and someone in it all and through it all. We've got to cover the ground. Once you've cleared the ground and covered the ground, you've got to keep the ground. That's number three. We've got to cover it. I mean, I'm sorry, we've got to clear it. We've got to cover it. And then we've got to keep it. Later down in Romans 12, in verse 11, it says this. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves. Keep who? Keep yourselves. yourselves. Not someone else keep you. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. Be alert, servants of the master. Cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Once you've gained ground, keep the ground. There's nothing sadder than seeing someone that's gained uh, ground in their life, someone that's gained an influence um, and that same person stops clearing their ground, which usually then means they stop covering their ground because when we got a lot of this stuff laying on the ground, it's a lot easier to just kind of, mm, Jesus, mm. it's a lot easier. We don't want to run to him, right? But that's, he, he wants us to run to him. When, when all of this junk, when all this trash, when all of this litter is on the ground of our life, he doesn't want us to cover. That's, that's like going back to the Garden of Eden. They hid, What they do? They hid. They hid in their sin. He doesn't want us to hide. He doesn't want us to sweep it kind of under the rug and just kind of hide it. No, he wants us to deal with it, but you don't have to deal with it by yourself. He's going to be there every step of the way, and you don't have to deal with all of it. At one time. So that usually means that they stop covering their ground and eventually means that what? Then they begin to lose ground and several bad choices later the ground that was gained is completely lost. The enemy doesn't want you to keep one inch of ground that you've gained but you can't be so arrogant that you say well I've come this far and I'll stay this far. We've got to have an awareness that I only stay this far when I don't quit, when I stay alert, when I pray, when in hard times I do it even more. That's the kind of commitment it takes to keep your battleground battle ready. Now this morning, I want to give you an example of a man in the Bible that did such a good job who gained so much ground, walked this journey of taking ground and clearing ground. And when you read a story, there's so many things that you go, oh, that was good and that was commendable. But the sad part is that at the end of his life, he lost the same ground that he gained. Some small things that he didn't stay alert to that he didn't keep his eye on. You know, the biggest fights in our life are often lost on the smallest of decisions. The big decisions that you think are going to change everything are often not as important as the small decisions that daily will help you keep the ground you've gained. We've, we've taught our girls um, as they were growing up that it's, it's, it's the small little things that you choose to do today. You know, nobody wakes up and says, I'm going to be poor today. Nobody, you know, wakes up and says, whatever today it's it's a consistency of small decisions that you make every single day that propel you forward towards that goal right this story is in uh, 2nd Chronicles 14 and the man's name was Asa Asa was a ruler who turned things around for the better. And I want to talk about some of the things that he did do well and some of the things that he did not do so well so that we can learn how to do our lives better. So 2 Chronicles 14, if you've got your Bible, you can turn there. I'm going to actually read from the message starting at verse 2. It says, Asa was a good king. He did things right in God's eyes. What did he do? He cleaned house." He cleaned house. He got rid of the pagan altars and shrines, smashed the sacred stone pillars, and chopped down the sex and religion groves. He told Judah to center their lives in God, the God of their fathers, to do what the law said, and to follow the commandments. Because he got rid of all the pagan shrines and altars in the cities of Judah, his kingdom was at peace. Because the land was quiet and there was no war, he was able to build up a good defense system in Judah. God kept the peace. And in verse 7, it says, Asa said to his people, While we have the chance and the land is quiet, let's build a solid defense system, fortifying our cities with walls, towers, gates, and bars. We have this peaceful land because we sought God. He has given us rest from all our troubles. So they built and enjoyed prosperity. So what did Asa do? The moment he got into kingship, the moment he, be, he um, became ruler of this land that he was entrusted to, what did he do? He said, I'm going to take ownership. I don't like this over here. This is not right over here. This does not line up with who God is. So I'm going to what? Clear the ground. He took ownership and he said, I'm going to be a good steward of the ground that I have been entrusted with under my ruleship that I'm going to clear the ground. I love this wisdom that he had when when it says, uh, while we have the chance and the land is quiet, when is it a good time to prepare for war? When the land is quiet. When is it a good time to build into those children? When the land is quiet. Don't wait until they're 18 years old and their life is a mess and they're falling apart to try and impart some wisdom now to them. When is the time to build into and strengthen your marriage? When the land is quiet. Not when you want to kill each other. I don't know about you, but when I'm in that space with my spouse, I certainly don't want to fortify the walls. Right? but that's the time that we're to you might say well well my marriage is good it's good right now great strengthen it even more strengthen it even more this is the time to, to 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 dig your heels in and to say we're gonna we're gonna do everything that we can to where we're gonna clear the ground we're gonna cover the ground we're gonna keep this ground and we're gonna continue to strengthen our marriage so that when a fight comes when the battleground comes that everything is cleared and we're not struggling with all of that stuff and we can get right to what it is that's in front of us When Asa came into rule, he said, I'm going to take ownership. If you don't like the gossip that's going on around you in your workplace, own it. Own it and get rid of it. If you don't like the behavior that's happening in your kitchen, own it. Get rid of it. Deal with it. We have to deal with all of these things. We've got to pull up the weeds. Say, I don't want to be a part of this. Pray for peace. Deal with it. Stop whining and complaining about something you have no desire to change stop it stop whining and complaining if you don't have a desire to change it because it's not going to change if you want to see a difference you have to say i'm going to clear the ground I'm going to get rid of the garbage in my life. It's been there for way too long. It's affecting my attitude. It's affecting my job and relationships. And I am going to get rid of it. I don't want it in my life anymore. I'm going to pick it up and get rid of it. Everybody say, own it. it. Everybody say, "Own own it. So Asa said, while it's quiet, let's get busy. When you take ownership, it will require diligence. Now, Asa was very aware that where his ground was concerned, he needed lordship. He knew a battle was ahead of him, and he was way outnumbered. Some of you may actually be here today and feel outnumbered on the ground of your life. Let's go to God's word and see what Asa did in that moment where he felt outnumbered. Verse 9 says, Zerah the Ethiopian went to war against Asa with an army of a million plus 300 chariots that's a lot of people. I understand why he felt outnumbered. And he got as far as Maresha. Asa met him there and prepared to fight. And then what did Asa do? He covered his ground. He had ownership because he cleared it and was prepared. But now there's lordship. Then Asa prayed to God. "Oh God, you aren't impressed by numbers or intimidated by a show of force. Once you decide to decide to help, Help us, O God. We have come out to meet this huge army because why? We trust in you and who you are. Don't let mere mortals stand against you. And verse 12 says, God defeated the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah. See, God is not intimidated by the size of your enemy. He just wants to know, have you covered your ground? He will fight for you, but you've got to invite him into the fight. In the beginning of Asa's rule, he had such reverence for God's word. And he had such reverence for God's voice in every part of his ground. And he kept the ground in his stewardship of it. Then in chapter 15, a word is given to him about taking more ground. And it says that Asa's response in verse 8 was that he took a deep breath. He rolled up his sleeves. He went to work and he began cleaning out all of the spaces in other words, he was saying, I'll be a good steward. I'll take ownership and steward what you've given me. But why did he end up losing ground? Up to this point, it sounds like he was doing a pretty good job. See, on the other side of Ace's story is where he once had ownership and he was diligent. It says later in chapter 15 that he cleared out all, he cleared all the big stuff out. But that in his local area he left the shrine standing. Oh, he dealt with some pretty big stuff. One of the big things that he dealt with was his mother being queen. He actually told her, you're going to have to get off your throne because she had built up this ungodly uh, shrine, idol of a sex god. So that, that had to have been very difficult. But as difficult as that was, We can't just look at the big stuff. We have to keep our eye to all of the small things. See, he had diligence in some ways, but he had negligence in others. Don't be fooled if that if you deal with the big stuff, everything is going to be okay. See, negligence will mean that you begin to cover the ground with the wrong stuff. And Asa, unfortunately, left areas open for compromise, which meant that later where he once had ownership... He now lost ownership. And Asa, the one who said, God, if you go with me, I'm going to go to battle. His reverence for God later turned to arrogance. Because it says in chapter 16 of this same story unfolding that he was facing a battle and he did not ask God for help anymore. He made a deal with the enemy and he made a truce with some people and the prophet came and said, you've lost your victory because you've been foolish. You've stopped asking God for help and have asked for human help instead. Essentially, he was saying, you're not covering your ground anymore. Asa, who always went to God and said, your word first, God, your opinion first, you have lordship over my life and I'm covering every aspect of my life with prayer became arrogant where he used to be reverent. It actually says that at one point that he got mad at God, and then he began to abuse the people. Let's not become so relaxed and familiar that we stop asking for coverage in our marriage, covering over our children. Let's pray for our children when they're seven days old, but let's also pray when they're 17 and older. Let's pray over our our marriage when it's in the early honeymoon stages, but also when we've been married 20 years. 30 plus years. Let's not stop giving God the covering of our ground. Asa lost ground because he went from a place of reverence to a place of arrogance, from lordship to doing it his own way. We can't just clear the big things out. The ground um, in the areas that people see, we must clear the ground in the areas that people don't see, in our own personality, in our own character. I don't want us to gain ground and then lose ground. I don't want you to move forward and then find yourself in the same place next year, only you've gone a little bit backwards. I don't want to see you make progress in your business, but then lose all of that progress because of a decision of poor character or an unwillingness to change. We all have ground and we are all responsible for that ground. So today... You've heard the word. You've heard a message that in order for things to change, we have to do something. So, what are you going to do with it? What's your next step of action? Have you cleared your ground? Or do you need to get the broom out? Have you covered your ground? Or do you need to bring it back to that place of being an offering? Are you keeping that ground? Which takes a daily discipline to deal with your temper, to deal with your speech, to deal with your thoughts, your action. See, let's not blame the devil when he comes to attack us if our ground is littered with things that were always before us. Let's not trip ourselves up and instead clear the ground so that when the fight comes, not only are we battle ready in our outfit, but we are battleground ready in our preparations. Let's pray. Father, this um, actually was a pretty strong, straightforward word today that we need to take inventory of our lives. And maybe there are some areas where you have been speaking to us, Holy Spirit, that we need to clear the ground of our life, a particular piece of ground in our life that we, that desperately needs our attention. Father, some of us have realized in these last few moments that we haven't been covering all of our ground like maybe we should have. And then some of us have realized or come to the place of realization today that we haven't been doing a good job of keeping our ground. We have just kind of become comfortable. We've allowed apathy to set in. And today, in the mighty name of Jesus, i come against and rebuke those things i rebuke apathy i rebuke comfort i rebuke just an any old how mentality this morning maybe you're here today and you would just be bold enough to say yeah um, one or more of those areas i need to work on and i'm raising my own hand and maybe you're here today too and you need You need some areas in your life that you need some work on. And I want to pray for you this morning. Father, you've seen these hands. You've seen the hands that didn't go up that needed to go up. And Father, I just, I thank you that you're a good father. I thank you that you don't leave us high and dry, that you don't leave us to figure things out on our own. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come alongside of us, you illuminate things for us, and then you show us the way out. You show us the way to deal with things. You show us the way to grow. You show us um, the the way to, to make a complete change. And I just pray for all of these people. I pray for myself, God, that in these next few days, Father, that that we would take ownership of the ground that you've entrusted us with and we would take a next step, however it is you're leading us. Maybe you're here today and you realize that when I talked about lordship, that you, you don't even know that there's ever a time where you have given Jesus the permission to be Lord of your life. Maybe you've realized today that um you have you started great and you said, oh, you know, Jesus, your Lord, your King, your Master, whatever you want to do, have your way in my life. And then life has happened. And that you've kind of moved a little bit further away from Jesus than you ever expected to or ever intended to. And maybe you need to come back to the place of Lordship today. Maybe you need to make a, re, a, a dedication of your life back to him. Maybe you need to make that decision for the very first time today and say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. And when we do that, he's not lording over us. When we say yes to Jesus when we confess with our mouth that he is king, he is the son of God, that he rose, he died, he he died and then he rose again to give you and I life, that now I have not only life, but I get every good thing that comes along with Jesus. I get his peace, I get his comfort, I get his provision, I get his wisdom, I get all of those things in my life. And if that's you today in either one of those categories that you need to come back to him or you need to come to him for the very first time just slip your hand up real quick just slip it up up and then back down i just want to i just want to pray for you i want to lead you in a prayer today i want you to get back on the right track or i want you to get on the right track from this day forward so if that's you today just raise your hand if you're watching online and that's you today, just right where you're sitting, right where you're standing, just go ahead and raise your, raise your hand. And then let us know online that you did that. Let's pray together. Let's all say this prayer together. Say, Dear Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner. I recognize my need for you. I believe and I confess right now that Jesus you are Lord that you are the son of God that you died you rose three days later to give me brand new life and now Jesus I thank you for whatever it is that's going to come next help me Holy Spirit to live out this life the way God intended me to live it in the first place and all of god's people said in jesus name amen let's celebrate as a church it's our honor to play a small part in all that god is doing in and through your life and we would love to help you continue that journey to find out what your next steps are in your relationship with jesus all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com forward slash next join us next week as we continue to love god help people and make disciples